0: Hello and welcome to Inside Job with V and Pam. We're here to share and to discuss ways that we've found joy, meaning, self-love, and purpose in our life journeys. Though our lives have unique trajectories and we all have our own experiences, one truth remains constant. Change is an inside job. Our wish is to share at least one spark that lights your inner flame helping illuminate what's true for you, so that you can find your next right steps. This is episode 46. Today, V follows up on the word should, offering antidotes to this other S-word. She talks about some of the ways we can decide whether should is telling us the truth. Hint, it isn't. V also shares some simple actions that can help you recalibrate yourself in order to stop shoulding on yourself and instead remember that you get to choose always. Hello my friends and welcome to Inside Job with V and Pam. This is Virginia. I'm here solo and I'm looking forward to having Pam join us again next week i uh have been thinking about the podcast i did last week about should about how uh should is a liar <laughs> uh that should creates inner tension in our minds and also in our bodies should creates an extra cognitive load within our minds because it it demands that we compare ourselves to others. It demands that we take up tasks that aren't necessarily ours. It demands that we have this constant undercurrent of what our inner critic is telling us, all the things that we should be doing, all the ways that we're failing, all the ways that we're dropping the ball. And I also talked about how should uh, creates a cycle of shame, blame, and guilt Because when we believe we should be doing something and we don't do it, we are setting an expectation and then we're disappointed in ourselves and we might be ashamed that we are not living up to the expectation or living up to standards. We might believe that we are never going to be able to accomplish it it creates a downward spiral we can blame ourselves we can blame other people we can blame outside circumstances and then we end up feeling guilty that uh, we haven't been able to do what we should quote unquote do so the word should is loaded because of all the ways that it creates tension and turmoil within us and it is not true When somebody else says to you, you should blah, 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 what they're telling you is, I know you better than you know you, and I believe that this action will be in your best interest because I believe that I know better. We can also should on ourselves, I think I talked about that last week, I know I've been writing about it a little bit as well. That we create this constant cycle of, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. It's a, a self-comparison game where we're saying, you know, I'm not good enough or I'm not as good as those people are. Or look at all the things that he's accomplished. Or if I could only get out of my own way, then I could do all the things that she does. She's amazing. I could never do that. It's a it's a slippery slope of... Uh, self-judgment, self-criticism that eventually ends up putting us in a shame spiral, as Brene Brown says. So I want to talk today about some antidotes to should. I want to talk about some ways that we can realistically begin to ask ourselves, is it true? Should Should I do this? Is this something that I am going to take ownership of and take accountability for and commit myself to or is that not true is that not something I should do maybe it doesn't belong to me maybe it's not my responsibility maybe I am trying to insert myself into something that really has nothing to do with me there are a lot of reasons that we believe we should do something uh And when we dig into it, we start to understand that we are doing it maybe for our own ego strokes so that other people will see how amazing we are or that other people will believe that we can be counted on or other people will um, admire us and say, oh, look what they did. Maybe I should do that. (laughs) So it creates a ripple effect within ourselves and also around us. So let's talk about some antidotes to should. The first one I want to talk about is acceptance. So acceptance is tricksy because sometimes when I say to people, uh, in my experience, what's been really helpful is to accept what is, to accept where I am in the moment. I've had people say to me, but that's not who I really am. I'm not lazy. I'm am not a, I'm not a shirker. I'm not a slacker. I, I, I take care of things. I I step up and I think to myself, okay, that's probably very true because we all step up and shine in some areas. But when it comes to should, uh, why haven't you done that yet? If you are a person who get things gets things done and you are someone who commits and you're looking at this thing you should be doing or taking action on, why why haven't you? This is where you are right now. You are here in this space of putting it off, of resisting it, of denying, of goading yourself, uh, uh, not teasing yourself, goading yourself, uh, blaming yourself, pointing the finger at yourself, making comparisons within yourself. If you're someone who, who takes action, then why aren't you doing what you believe you should do. We're going to dig into that in a few more minutes. But one of the first things I um, offer people is the opportunity um, to give themselves even a glimmer of acceptance to say, okay, this is just where I am right now. It doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't mean that I am lazy. It doesn't mean that I'm a slacker. This is simply what is. This is what's happening right now. I could wish that it were different. I could pretend that it were different. I could tell myself that it's different. In reality, what is happening in front of me right now is simply what is. And when we can accept what is and where we are, in whatever the situation is, then we can start to give ourselves grace, we can start to love what is, if not the circumstance, then ourselves. Because when we accept what is, we recognize I'm doing my best right in this moment, even if I'm procrastinating, even if I'm resisting, even if I'm denying. In this moment, I believe that's what is going to help me the most. So when we step back and look at it from a little more of an observation standpoint and say how can I accept where I am and what is right now then we begin to recognize that when we accept where we are and what the situation holds when we give ourselves grace when we speak to ourselves the way that we would speak to the people we love the most, instead of berating ourselves and scolding ourselves, we can start to give ourselves compassion and we can start to say, okay, this is where I am. Do I like it? Yes or no? If I don't like it, what am I willing to do about it? If I do like it, what am I willing to do to get more of it? So when we can accept what is, we begin to have clarity around what's really the truth of the situation, whether it's something that we enjoy or what we're going to do to change it. And that's another antidote to should is clarity. Um, Asking yourself, should I? Should I really? Is it true that I should do this? Why? Why is it true that I should do this? I should drink 72 ounces of water a day because I believe it's good for my body at many levels. Does that mean I'm going to? It means that I should. Why would I not drink 72 ounces of water a day? Well, that's a lot of water and I don't know if I want to get up that many times, you know, to use the bathroom. But at the same time, If I believe it's better for me to drink water and get up and use the bathroom, that also means that I get to stretch a little bit. I don't end up sitting in my chair at my desk all day long. I get up, I move around, I can take a lap around the house, see what's going on, bring myself back to my work when I feel ready. Uh, So is it true that I should not drink 72 ounces of water a day? Your answer is going to be what's best for you. I'm not gonna tell you what the answer is because I don't know I only know what works for me your answer is going to be what works best for you and I would suggest that you give your brain the first round of the opportunity to say should I why should I why should I not why shouldn't I because your brain is going to come up with all these reasons and all these justifications and all these rationales about why you should or why you shouldn't. It's going to tell you that if you do, you're going to feel better. It's going to tell you that if you don't, then you're going to be letting yourself down. You're not going to be at your healthiest. You're not going to be taking care of yourself as well as you know you should. It's okay to decide that you are not going to do something even when you know it's good for you you have free will you have autonomy and you get to decide when you decide knowing what the probable outcome is going to be when you decide with eyes wide open you have clarity and you understand that there are going to be outcomes that may be good may not be good for you when you're just deciding because someone else puts it on you or because you can't think of a reason why not or because you're guilty your guilt overweighs your willingness to dig in further then you also reap the consequence or the outcome of that so every decision we make has an outcome Somebody asked me last week, is there a pro and a con to every choice? I'm still thinking about that one. I say probably yes, because there are always reasons to do something and always reasons not to. I'm getting off the point a little bit. What I want to say is, when you ask yourself, should I or shouldn't I, give your brain first crack at it, because your brain is going to give you all these logical reasons. Then follow up by asking your heart asking your own inner knowing, your own inner wisdom. Is it true that I should do this? Is it true that I should not do this? And listen to what your heart says. It may take a while, like you may need some time to Get past all the chatter in your brain that's saying, Don't ask your heart, don't ask your heart, your heart doesn't know anything. I'll be the one to guide you through this. Trust me, trust me. Your heart never lies to you, your heart never betrays you, your heart never steers you wrong. Even when your brain is jumping up and down saying, That's the craziest thing I've ever heard, there's no way that's going to work. You know yourself better than anyone else knows you, and when you allow yourself to listen to what your heart has to say, sometimes you find that it's in line with your brain and sometimes you find that it's not. Then you even get to choose that. Do I listen to my brain or do I listen to my heart? Where do you feel that in your body? Where does it land for you? If listening to your brain makes you feel like you're going to throw up or like you get antsy and you can't sit still and it makes you physically uncomfortable then chances are that's not the right choice for you even if everybody else says oh you should just take care of it when you listen to your heart your heart will tell you what's true for you in this moment and that's really all we've got you can try to project into the future you can try to go back to the past neither one of those is going to work what we have right now is what is right? So at the risk of repeating myself, accept what is, ask yourself, should I or shouldn't I, give your brain first round, and then follow up with your heart and see if the two uh, mesh together or if your heart is telling you what really feels best for you and your body. Uh, Another way, another antidote to should is to reset your nervous system. A lot of people are talking about the nervous system this year and last year. That became kind of a kind of a catchphrase. Reset your nervous system. Okay, what does that mean? What do I have to do to reset my nervous system? A lot of people have a lot of different ideas about this. Uh, I have found some, some tools that are beneficial. Not everything is going to work for everybody, but this is just a variety of tools that you could try. Uh, first one is to check in with yourself on... Uh, what I call the big three. Uh, Nutrition, hydration, and sleep or rest. Are you getting adequate nutrition? Are you eating biscuits all day? Or are you giving yourself a variety of uh, foods of protein sources of plants and um, excuse me, fruit and vegetable sources um, of fat sources? Is your body getting what it needs? Or are you just filling a hole by eating biscuits all day or eating endless rounds of chips or stuffing yourself with muffins or I'm all those things are delightful. uh, Just not on a steady diet because our bodies need more than that. The same way that our bodies need variety in protein sources and fruit and vegetable sources, uh, there are so many nutrients and so many different types of food and you know when you're eating at your best when you feel your best when your body's functioning at its best and your brain is functioning at its best so check in with your nutrition check in with your hydration am i drinking enough Uh, i know for myself in winter especially it's very hard for me to get enough to drink because i'm not as aware of my thirst as i am in the summer In the winter, my skin gets drier, my mouth gets drier, my house, the air in my house is drier because it's cold, because of the way we heat our house with a wood stove, variety of reasons. I am not as hydrated in the winter as I am in the summer and I can see the difference in my skin. I can feel the difference in my body. Um, So hydration is uh, the second component of the big three. Hydration helps every single aspect of our body function. And then the third one is rest or sleep. So are you getting adequate sleep? If you're feeling under the weather, please give yourself an opportunity to get more rest, to get more sleep, regardless of why you're under the weather. When we are already not feeling well, making choices feels even harder. When we are already under the weather, trying to come to a decision about something is even more of a challenge. So please make sure that you are, I think the minimum right now is six hours of sleep. The minimum is six hours of sleep to allow our brains to reset. And people still recommend, you know, eight or nine if you can get it. Um, What does that mean? Put yourself to bed earlier. Don't take your phone to bed. Turn off your computer or your uh, phone or your whatever the device is uh, an hour before you're ready to go to bed. Put yourself to bed early. Now that my boys are older, I don't hesitate to put myself to bed at 7 or 7.30 at night if I feel like that's called for. If I know I have an early morning and I've been playing the sleep game and I'm a little behind, I'll put myself to bed early. There's no shame in that game. Um, You are your own best resource and it is important for you to take ownership of that to make sure you're getting adequate nutrition, adequate hydration, adequate rest and sleep. Another way to reset your nervous system is to rest your brain. It's like an open-eyed meditation and I can only do this for a couple minutes because my brain starts chattering like crazy. Um, But resting your brain is something that my coach introduced to me that was introduced to her through a friend who practices it, who originated it, I believe. Um, So it's not mine. Um, But it is simply like an open-eyed meditation. So finding something to look at, and just allowing your body, your eyes, your brain, to take in the information without labeling it, without naming it, without dissecting it in your brain without trying to explain it or process it or any of the things and you can do this by helping yourself focus with a sensation so for me it's feeling the temperature of the air as it comes into my nostrils and then feeling the temperature of the air as it leaves my nostrils you can do it by touching all your toes on the floor you can do it by rubbing your fingertips together so you can feel the ridges of your fingertips, Um, there are a number of ways that we can tune in to sensations in our body that bring us back to the focus of what we're doing. So if I'm looking at this pink square on my light and I'm focusing on the breath in my nostrils, if my brain starts to say, oh that square looks like it's getting old, maybe it's Mm going to I don't know if that's what... You get the idea. You can also do traditional meditation, eyes closed, uh, picture a quiet spot, picture a candle, picture a light source, uh, picture a wave, picture anything that will help you find the natural rhythm of your breath. And then just allow yourself to ride that wave. And again, if anything starts to come in to distract you, you simply, nope, no thanks, and come back to the breath or come back to the wave or come back to the candle or whatever it is you're holding in your mind's eye. Uh, Going out in nature is a great way to reset your nervous system. Uh, Getting some fresh air putting your feet in the grass. If you're in a place warm enough to do so, we are not yet. Instead, I like to listen to the birds. I even was listening to the squirrels earlier today. They're making these funny little chirp noises. Um, listening to the wind in the trees, listening to the sounds of cars going by, wherever it is that you find your nature, feeling the sun on your face, feeling the light breeze, um, hearing people as they come and go in the street whatever it is that you can do to tune in to your senses and find nature around you that is easily accessible and also um, hmm. those are ways to reset your nervous system the last one just eluded me sorry (laughs) so so far we've got acceptance of what is asking yourself is it true that i should Uh, giving your brain the first round and then letting your heart follow up, resetting your nervous system. These are all antidotes to should. The next one is proving yourself right. This is an idea that my coach uh, introduced to me within the last year, and I have been taking some some steps toward proving myself right. It takes practice. Um, Because for a long time, I believed that I was just proving myself wrong. But my word of the year is trust. And I am trusting that I can prove myself right in a variety of ways. Uh, So the best way to prove yourself right is to show up for yourself, at least in my experience. To commit to doing one thing and doing it as an experiment for a certain amount of time. So maybe five days or seven days. The more days you do it, the more you can decide whether it's for you or whether you need to try something else. But committing to one thing, give your own personal seven-day challenge, if you will, and uh, doing it every time you tell yourself you will. Because one antidote to should is commitment to self, to proving yourself right, to reminding yourself of all the ways that you are capable and you are able. Because when you show up for yourself, you know that you can take the next step, whatever the next step is for you. When you know you can show up for yourself, you know that you have your own back. That's how you begin to trust yourself again. And that's how you begin to push back against the should that other people or yourself is dumping on you. So the true antidotes for should are to accept and love what is, to get clarity, what do you truly want most, and then decide from there should I shouldn't I do this thing take this action chart this course does it follow does it align with my clarity does it go hand-in-hand with what I truly want if it's yes then do it if it is no then do I still want to spend my energy on that or would I be better served doing something else that will lead me closer to my goal Uh, resetting your nervous system with the ways that we talked about Proving yourself right, committing to one action, and showing up for yourself. Uh, Doing it as an experiment before you get to decide whether you're going to continue to do that or whether you're going to try something new. I want to say something about this general reset of uh, of your outlook on yourself and whether or not you should, and also the reset on the nervous system. Resetting is active. Resetting is not just, I'm just going to flop down over here and eat chips and stare into space and something will happen. Because something will happen, absolutely. Uh, One of my son's friends said to me recently, or said in my company recently, um, that the best way to predict the future is to create the future. And I thought, wow, that is a really good (laughs) cliché. It also is true. If you are wondering what your future is going to look like, if you are despairing that you don't know what your future is going to look like, I'm here to remind you that you get to choose what your future looks like. I know sometimes that feels difficult to believe. I know sometimes it feels like we don't have any choice or any say. But I'll remind you, and I'm going to keep reminding you, that you always have a choice. You always get to decide how you spend your energy, how you spend your time, with whom you choose to do these things. And some people have said to me, you know, I'm trapped, I don't have a choice. I get that. I get that feeling. I've had that feeling of I'm trapped, I don't have a choice. At the same time, There is always, in my experience, there is always at least one other option. And even when we can see two options, we can start to think to myself, am I willing to keep doing this or am I willing to take the risk of doing that? It's not, is this going to work for me? It's, am I willing to stay with this, or am I willing to try something new? You don't always have to know what the something new is. Sometimes we are so stuck in that loop of, I'm trapped, I can't get out, I can't figure out what to do next, that the idea of having to come up with whatever it is that we're supposed to do next is like climbing Mount Everest, right? I get that. I've been there, too. When that is the case, I would invite you to go back to one of these antidotes for should and ask yourself, what matters most to me right now? If my safety is what matters most to me right now, then how can I keep myself safe? If my getting through the day is what matters most to me right now, what's one thing I can do to make getting through my day simpler for me or easier for me or more comfortable for me? there's always a choice to be made. There's always a time for you to decide what's next for you. So loving what is, is something that I learned from a lady named Byron Katie. And Katie made a deck of inner wisdom cards. And I just want to pull one before we go, because I want to see what it has to say ah ultimately i am all i can know let me unblur this whoops silly let me unblur this so you can see what i'm seeing ultimately i am all i can know We can believe we know what other people are thinking. We can believe we know what other people are saying or feeling. We can believe we know what they think about us. We don't. And it's none of our business. Ultimately, all we can know is what's in here, what's in here, and what's within our arm's reach. That's it. When we embrace that when we recognize that that is what is we can truly begin to free ourselves of anchors and baggage like should at least in my personal experience so my friends i hope that you have found these antidotes to should helpful if you have any questions about this please feel free to uh, leave us. Where would you even leave us? Hmm. You can go into my Instagram. I am v. on Instagram, and you can go into my Instagram and ask a question or share a thought about what you've heard today. Um, I would love to engage with you further. I know Pam will as well when she comes back. And in the meantime, be safe, be well, and we will see you again next week. Take good care. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening. As always, we appreciate you spending time with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone you know, and thanks for your support. Pam and V are certified coaches who love to help people remember who they're truly meant to be. To find out more about working with Pam Davis, you can contact her at Coach Pam Davis at gmail.com. For more information about Virginia's work, visit her website at www.vlabasi.com. That's www.vlabasi.com.